St. Leo 360, a 360 degree overview of the St. Leo University community. Welcome to another episode of the St. Leo 360 podcast. My name is Greg Lindbergh. On this episode of the podcast, we caught up with Dr. Robert Sullivan, who is a longtime criminal justice professor here at St. Leo. And we talked about a counterterrorism trip to Israel who, uh, that Dr. Sullivan took students on back in 2018. We pick up our conversation talking with Dr. Sullivan about how this trip originally came to fruition. The partnership um, was put together back in 2005 by uh, pretty much the architect of St. Leo's criminal justice program, the, uh, the late Barry Glover. Uh, who is a, a great friend of mine and, and my mentor. And he met the uh, the president of the organization, Security Solutions International, uh, at a t- counterterrorism conference. And uh, one night after the conference, the two of them were sitting around, and Barry was a very friendly, talkative person. And he was talking to Henry Morgan Stern, the president, and Barry uh, said, hey, how can we work it out to where we can send students to Israel to, to learn counterterrorism techniques from uh, from the best. Hmm. And Henry said, well, let's just do it. Let's do it next year. And so that was 2005. I believe that was the first trip. I see. And then they did another trip in 2006. And for some reason, it was kind of tabled. Um, we, uh, we just didn't do it for uh, quite some time. And then in 2013, uh, Barry Glover came to me and he asked if I would try to reignite it. And, uh, and 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 garner interest and, and and continue taking or try to try to get a group to uh, continue the program, right. and so that was a uh, so from 2013 we've done it every year. Wow! And yes, they do. They they totally take care of of all of the logistics. Uh, once once we arrive in Tel Aviv at Ben Gurion Airport, we meet with uh, we meet with Security Solutions International, and they take care of the hotel. They take care of all of the food, all the restaurants, all the tours, all the instructors. Um, it's 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 pretty much soup to nuts. They uh, they have the whole thing. Great, that's great to have. Just as a you know security blanket, quote unquote. And I'm sure it's absolutely. If you didn't have them, it would make it you know much more challenging. Oh, to just go over there and try to do it um, without them, it would be next impossible because Henry Morgenstern, the president. Uh, has uh, incredible contacts over there. It's you know these aren't um, line level type people we're dealing with. We're dealing with uh, majors in the Israeli Defense Forces. The director of Magan David Adam, which is the uh, the National Ambulance Service. Hmm. There's chiefs of police. Uh, there's people in the upper echelon of the Mossad, which is the uh, Israeli Intelligence Service. They come in and talk to us. So these these are pretty. These are people that are extremely well credentialed uh, and for us to try to go over there and put together these contacts it, it, it wouldn't happen without uh, SSI absolutely yeah <clears throat> now the the students do receive because uh, it's both for undergraduates and graduates this course correct and it they is do get three credits for just this trip yes yes there's a there's a, there's a pretty uh, robust academic component that goes with it uh, right as, as far as the uh, uh, the work and the research and the papers they have to do, but uh, but yeah, they they go on the trip, they come back, and uh, at the end of the term, which is in three or four days, they'll uh, they'll receive their three credit hours 
for oh, graduate and undergraduate. Right. And I would imagine there are assignments tied to the trip as far as like some kind of diary or just documenting or writing about what they experience on this. Well, what I've what I've tried to do with it is um, they have a pre-trip paper, um, right. which uh, and and I tell them I want to know what the geopolitical and 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 terrorism challenges are in Israel before you go. I want you to just research and write a paper, and inevitably they do, and it's all wrong. <laughs> it, it, it truly is because it, it's all because there there's there's such a slant, there's such an anti-Israel slant. Hmm. Um, in the literature, um, in academia, and and in the geopolitical world, the United Nations has labeled Israel as a human rights violator. Um, so I get all of these papers with this slant because they have nothing else. I mean, that, that that's what the literature says. So it's right. really unique for them to go over there and talk with the people on the streets and the waitresses and the waiters and the people that are cleaning the hotel room and the, the, the desk clerk at the hotel, the soldiers, um, the normal people, the, the government, and to see their, their whole attitudes change as to what is really going on in, in that region. So their final paper is they have a research paper that is it's, it's much more rigorous and, and larger uh, than the... Uh, than the pre-trip paper, but they have to just take a, a subject that they learned about over there that that really interested them, and that they really want to continue expanding upon and uh, and and do further research on. And that's the, the difficult thing for them is trying to figure out what topic they want to do because there's so many different topics that they want to cover. So, uh, right. so they choose something of interest to them that uh, that they wanted to they want to further expand on. Oh, I see. And from what I understand, this St. Leo is the only university that offers such a trip like this? It is. Um, yeah, I'm not going to say that uh, other colleges and universities don't go to Israel to study. They do, but uh, it's, it's not counterterrorism. Mainly it's, uh, it's religion, uh, geopolitics, um, psychology. Uh, you know, how do, uh, I've met with other students over there that were studying psychology. How do Israeli people cope and function in a very, very small country that is surrounded by neighbors that, that are set to destroy them. Um, so that's an interesting study in and of itself. Uh, we also met some students at uh, Newark Airport that were just returning from Israel from uh, the University of Oklahoma, hmm. and they were over there studying agriculture because the Israelis in a desert, an arid, an arid climate, uh, their irrigation system and their their ability to grow fruits and vegetables are just unbelievable. Wow! But we are the only we are the only university that studies counterterrorism in right. Israel. I see. And talk to me about the students. How many students did you have on this recent trip? And I, I would imagine it's kind of a selection of undergrad, grad, different ages. Is that correct? Uh, it is. We had a uh, we we pretty much had an equal mix of undergraduate and graduate. Um, I, I think we had total 21, 22 students, um, and the we had four uh, traditional campus students. The rest of the students were uh, adults, ranging in age from twenty six to mid fifties. 
Oh, wow. uh, and, and those students were either online or uh, at one of our 36 centers. Uh, we had a couple of students from the Atlanta Center, a couple of students from the Virginia Centers, and uh, and then we also had a mix of uh, online students. So it was it was a great experience because our campus kids got to meet a lot of adult students uh, from the centers and talk about the center experience versus the campus experience. So, uh, right, uh, you know, there was a there, there was a, a a lot of neat uh, interaction there between the adults and the and the kids. Very interesting. Now let's uh, dive into the actual trip and some of the itinerary that you guys went on. Um, I know the the main focus was obviously you know covering the the types of terrorism that Israel has and, and kind of the ways they counteracted and specifically the locations of different incidents in the past and what they've done uh, you know since to to find ways to mitigate that. Can you just talk about some of the, the highlights, maybe some of the places that you guys went to that the students really enjoyed and, and really got a lot out of? Sure. We, um, I think the first trip was to the, uh, to the northern border with Lebanon. Hmm. And uh, we, we went up there and we were actually at the fence that separates uh, Lebanon from, uh, uh, from Israel. And uh, we were... We we had a lecture, uh, you know, regarding at that location regarding the uh, the war with Lebanon and what it was like when the shells were coming in and uh, how they still feel that they're very vulnerable uh, for another attack from Lebanon because it's so rural up there and it's uh, it, it would be so easy for the uh, the Hezbollah, not the Lebanese people, but Hezbollah who operate out of Lebanon to. Uh, to you know, to come in and attack some of the the small rural towns in in northern Israel. Um, there was also a site there where uh, that we visited, where about twenty Israeli Defense Force soldiers were were bombed years ago and uh, and killed. Uh, there's a there's a memorial there during the uh, during the the war with Lebanon. We then went to uh, the Ziv Hospital, which this was extremely impactful to the mm. students. Uh, the Ziv Hospital is the closest hospital to the Syrian border, and Israel is taking the Syrian wounded and uh, and providing medical care for them. You know, with the civil war in Syria, right. um, and and this the students found very unique because uh, Israel is a uh, Syria is a sworn enemy to Israel. I mean, they they want the destruction of Israel. They they've been enemies since. Uh, at least 1967 in the Six-Day War. Hmm. Um, but Turkey has closed its borders. Uh, Jordan has closed its borders. Uh, n- no one is helping to to provide medical care for these Syrian children who are being blown up in this conflict, uh, Syrian women, and even Syrian, uh, I know this might sound counterintuitive, <laughs> Syrian terrorists. Israel will provide health care for them. And then when they get them fixed, they take them back and deposit them back in Syria. Um, it's and you know the students were like, how can you, how can you be doing this? Um, you know these are your enemies, and the uh, the Israeli response is you know life is sacred, even the lives of our enemies is is sacred, um, right. and and we you know somebody has to help them, and. Uh, out of all the trips I've done, something unique happened uh, where they actually made a an injured Syrian 
um, patient available to the students to question. Oh, wow. um, and the students got to see horrific uh, pictures and images of some of the little kids that were brought in with their, their legs blown off and uh, suffering just horrific injuries and, uh, and uh, seeing how the, the Israeli people, the Israeli doctors are, are, are helping uh, those folks in an incredible humanitarian effort. Right. Uh, so then, as if the students hadn't seen enough, we went to uh, Mayalot, which was the scene of a, uh, a terrorist attack from uh, Hezbollah fighters that came out of Lebanon and took over a, uh, a school. And uh, there was a long standoff. Uh, this was in the early 70s. And it ultimately ended up in the deaths of, of 23 students uh, at the hands of the terrorists. And the students were able to see how Israel does school security now compared to how we do school security. Uh, it's, uh, there are no open campuses in Israel, I'll tell you that. They're all behind fences. There's armed guards. There's surveillance cameras. Um, uh, they, they, they take it very seriously. They have to. Right. Uh, we went to... Um, uh, we went to take a look at the uh, the wall um, between the West Bank and Israel, and and to see how that functions. And uh, I know there's a lot of a lot of discussion in the United States about a wall. Um, this is this is unique. It's 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 part fence. It's part wall. It's part electronic. It's part intelligent. It's it, it's it would be very difficult to penetrate the wall between the West Bank and uh, and Israel. We were also able to visit uh, the port of Ashdod, which is the largest port in, uh, in Israel, um, and, and see what kind of struggles they have because the port of Ashdod is about eight miles from the Gaza Strip. And keeping that port safe and keeping that port uh, functioning, um, when you have uh, the Gazans who are uh, you know, pretty, uh, pretty determined to destroy Israel, um, that are that are that are a constant threat. So we were able to see the uh, the, the security set up there. Um, we went to uh, unfortunately and, and typically we go to the Gaza Strip. Uh, right. This year that was uh, that was postponed due to uh, security concerns. You know Gaza's pretty much burning and there's rioting. Um, mm-hmm. So this was the first year that we didn't go to Gaza. Instead we went and uh, and, and, and viewed that uh, that wall. That separates Israel and uh, and the West Bank. Uh, we actually had about four hours where we could do the uh, historic religious tour. Um, we met with a uh, uh, professional tour guide who SSI provided, and uh, he took us in the old city of, of Jerusalem, um, where the students could uh, see uh, Jesus's tomb. Uh, going to Church of the Holy Sepulcher, uh, see Golgotha Hill where the uh, the cross was, the Via Della Rosa. Uh, wow. We went into King David's tomb. Hmm. Uh, we went into the uh, the upper room. Um, students got to got to shop around a little bit, uh, and then uh, they were able to go to the uh, the Wailing Wall, which right. is interesting. We call it the Wailing Wall. The Israelis call it the Western Wall, but hmm. they got they got to they got to pray at the wall and. Um, I had a kind of an interesting experience there because some of the students were asking, why is there an Israeli SWAT team that is standing on guard at, at the Wailing Wall? Um, and, and knowing the Israelis like I do, they like to talk. They, they love Americans. 
Hmm. So I challenged one of the students. I said, well, go ask that sergeant over there. And the student said, I can't ask him. I said, oh, yeah, you can. He speaks English. Go, go talk to him. Yeah. And um, the student went over and asked why they were there. And uh, the guard or the, the, uh, the uh, soldier pointed to the top of the uh, western wall. And he said, well, see the top of that wall? And he said, yes, sir. He said, well, that's, uh, that's in the West Bank. That's the Temple Mount. And he said, occasionally the, uh, the Palestinians will get irritable and uh, start throwing rocks and, 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 and stones <laughs> at the, uh, the people praying hmm. at the wall. So we have to uh, then take action. Oh, I see. But uh, so it, it was really neat the, uh, because a lot of the students were scared of, 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 of the soldiers and scared of the police. And I said, you know, they'd ask, well, I'd love to have a picture with that person. I said, well, go ask them. And, and they, they love having pictures made with, uh, with our students. Yeah. Uh, so from there, we, uh, we went and had a very kosher uh, lunch, which was awesome. It was a kosher Italian restaurant in Jerusalem. Hmm. And then we went to uh, Magan David Adam, which is the uh, the National Ambulance Service of uh, of Israel, and learned how they deal with these uh, mass casualty events. The the director of the the, the entire countrywide uh, ambulance service spent probably two and a half hours with us, um, telling us you know how they function, and uh, then the next day we uh, we went to uh, the Golan Heights, which is the border with uh, with Syria. And from the vantage point where we were, we were literally at the border. You could hear you could hear the rumblings, and you could hear the the gunfire and, and bombs going off behind us. Mm. Uh, you know, during the you know, with the, the Syrian conflict occurring. Um, then we went to a uh, we went to the Jordan River, and uh, we SSI had provided a priest from Nazareth to uh, to perform uh, baptisms of any students that want to be baptized in the Jordan River and we had uh, I think seven or eight uh, students and that was that was an incredible experience wow and that's that's pretty much the uh, the highlights we you know it just just being there there was there were learning experiences constantly because the students were talking to the locals they were talking to the people in the hotels and and just trying to figure out what is it really like you know what what are we not getting in the media in the United States because for the most part that's our knowledge of what's going on in the Middle East what the media is feeding us and these right. students were able to see firsthand you know what it is like um, to live in a country with incredible loving wonderful people a beautiful beautiful terrain located in a bad neighborhood yeah Sounds like they, they just really got such an immersive experience and, and really, like you said, talking to the locals and yes. eating at local restaurants and just really, you know, getting that full grasp of, of everything going on. And understanding there's no such thing as iced tea in, uh, <laughs> right. in Israel. Uh, that's, that's a weird concept to them. They don't understand that. And bacon. Uh, yeah, the students were seriously missing bacon. Um, but but I, I, I promised most of them that it would be a life-changing experience for them, and, and most of them that uh, have come back have uh, echoed that back to me, that, uh, you know, that their lives were changed by this trip and just the way they see geopolitics, the Middle East, and uh, you know, a little bit of everything. And, and don't get me wrong, Greg, this is not a, a, a Palestinian bashing trip. The students made very, very good friends with a lot of Palestinians, hmm. um, and it's like anything else. The Palestinian people are wonderful. Uh, the right. Gazan people 
are wonderful. The Lebanese people are wonderful. The Syrian people are wonderful. It's the corrupt governments. It's Hezbollah and Hamas that create the problems that stir up the terror. Mm -hmm. But the normal run-of-the-mill people are are just wonderful, wanting to raise their families and wanting to get along with everybody. It's it's the corrupt governments. Right. I think that, you know, that stereotype applies to a lot of cultures and religions and yes, yes. as far as, you know, terrorism and whatnot. And it's, I think a lot of people group certain individuals into that category, but it is like you're saying, it's, it's that select, you know, group or, or collection of individuals who really give others a bad name. It certainly is. Yes. And so that, that was another huge lesson that the, that the students were able to learn. You know, that, that, that not all these folks are bad. Matter of fact, the majority of them are really good, decent people. Right. And just to see them literally face-to-face, in person, firsthand, really, you know, that's the proof is right there in front of them. Yes, yes. Something else unique happened. This is the first group that I've had that, uh, for some reason, I have like five or six of them that uh, decided they wanted to learn Hebrew. Hmm. So now they're all on a self-study venture of of learning hebrew because it's such it's such a unique language you know it's the the oldest uh you know the most ancient language in the world and spoken right. by very very few people but it's uh it's a very rich language so that's so of course they challenged me so now yours truly is uh for father's day i uh, my daughter got me a book hebrew for dummies wow and uh <laughs> And I've got four or five good, uh, good uh, phrases that I can say now. But it's my goal for next year to be a little bit more conversational in Hebrew, even though it is not necessary because everybody speaks English in uh, in Israel. Right. Yeah, that's wonderful. Uh, let's talk a little more about uh, you know counterterrorism strategies. I know you mentioned earlier about school safety and how they have the armed guards and. Obviously, there are no open campuses over there. What other strategies did you all witness and, and you know, as far as how they've been able to curb uh, terrorism in recent years? Uh, there, there's a couple interesting concepts uh, that we have to talk about with that. Um, Israel does not have a constitution. Their, their, their constitution is survival. Hmm. Um, that being said, they are an extremely liberal Society, uh, there's no death penalty in Israel, um, but they also have this philosophy, and and this is not not my quote. This is from uh, Sam Bashan, who is a former uh, Secret Service officer in Israel. Says if you punch us once, we're going to punch you back ten times. Just don't punch us, you know. Just just get along with us. Right. Uh, so, uh, you know, the whole thing about. <sighs> constitutional rights and being read your rights and rules of interrogation they're different in israel however with that being said torture is illegal in israel Hmm. okay so they people are treated as a matter of fact their prison system their prisons are a lot nicer nicer meaning if you are an inmate you're treated better in an israeli prison than you are in a united states prison um, because they, they, they value life and, 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 and taking care of you. You're, you're going to get sentenced to prison for 30 years if you blow up a discotheque and kill a bunch of Israelis. You're not going to get the death penalty. And you're going to be treated, you're going to be treated like a, you know, pretty well in an Israeli prison. Right. The thing that is, is, is unique is when you go into a mall, um, when you go into any store, they have security people at the front door. Uh, armed security people and 
their armed security people are former soldiers in the IDF. Uh, these people, you know, they know how to deal how to how to deal with uh, hostile situations pretty well, and they they pretty much profile you. Um, they're not going to stop and question and search every person that walks into the mall. They're just going to watch people, and they might let me go through, and you might be behind me, Greg, and they stop you. And they start talking to you, and they ask, and then they, they'll take out a uh, a uh, magnetic wand and and, uh, and and check you for for weapons. So it's that gets into their whole concept of uh, behavioral profiling, uh, which uh, the word profiling we don't you know we we don't like in, in the United States, uh, right. but but they do, and it's it's behavioral profiling. It's based on a whole lot of things, mainly your. Uh, your demeanor and uh, your body language and the way you answer questions and just your your look. Um, Israelis they, they they say that we in the United States focus on finding the bomb. They in Israel focus on finding the bomber. It's a different concept. Hmm. Um, they look for people who uh, have the the they're they're sending the signals through body language that they're just they're up to no good and the way they do this which is unique in uh, and the only way you can experience is to go to Ben Ben Gurion Airport which uh, since 1948 has never had a successful terrorist attack uh, launched against it and and that's and 1948 is when it was created wow. and and that is the only international airport in Israel so it's a huge terrorism target. But from the minute you go into that airport to check your bags, you're being watched by undercover people. You're being watched by people in uniform. And you're also going to be talked to extensively before you get through the next layer, before you get closer to the airplane. Uh, You're probably going to be interviewed two or three times by trained behavioral analysts. And if your questions don't add up. You know they're going to want to know where did you stay, who did you stay with, do you know the name of the street you stayed on, where did you visit, did you enjoy your visit, and they're very conversational. They're very polite about this. It's not like you're being interrogated. Right. Um, but if your questions are not adding up, if your answers are not adding up, um, then you'll be taken into the uh, the interview room where you'll be further questioned and then probably searched. But it's not going to be a quick process getting through that airport. You need to get there about two and a half hours early because you're going to be talked to. And so, and they're very, very well trained in uh, kinesiology and, and body language and, uh, and how, to, how to detect uh, deceit. Uh, one of the students said they're like human lie detectors <laughs> and that they're, they're, they're very good at what they do. So they have that. And, and again, that transcends over to. You know, everybody working at the malls and the, the grocery stores and banks, there's an armed guard there, and they pretty much do the same thing, trying to figure out, you know, who they're going to stop and who they're going to talk to and who they're going to let in. Uh, the schools are, as I said, that's a totally different a totally different animal. The, the, the colleges and universities are not open campuses. You can't just take a family drive through there. I mean, there's one way in, one way out. It's heavily guarded. Um, there's huge walls surrounding the perimeters of colleges, universities, and secondary, post-secondary and secondary schools. Uh, the, you know, the walls have Constantine wire on the top. They have uh, surveillance cameras. Uh, it's, it's, 
and they and, and they worry about us over here. They really do. They worry about our idea of open campuses that that aren't secure. Yeah. You know, so um, it's just it, it's a whole different mindset. Another another thing that's unique about uh, Israelis is if you uh, if and this just happened. It actually happened two months after we got back from the last trip. Uh, a terrorist went in a grocery store and uh, pulled a machine gun out of the out of a buggy that he had stashed and started shooting. And he shot two or three Israelis, and then he started running. And Israelis don't run away. They run too. Hmm. Even and and you would see it. Instead of people running away from the guy with the gun, they started chasing him. And even though he turned around, and he's shooting at him. They continued to chase him till they caught him. Wow! And uh, they they don't run away from the threat. They run towards it uh, because you know, there's just that's that's the way they're uh, that's the way that's their makeup. I mean, they've all they've all it's it's mandatory for uh, for everyone to spend time in the military. Uh, mm-hmm. Girls and boys. You know, boys spend three years right out of high school. Girls spend two years right out of high school. So they're all trained. Right. Uh, so most every Israeli you see has been a soldier, and um, they're they're not going to w- run away from somebody that's trying to hurt them or others. They're they're going to attack that person. Wow. So you see, it's a uh, it, it's it's almost like a whole different mindset. Some of the things we could apply. As a matter of fact, this is a really interesting research project. Some of the Israeli tactics we could apply in the United States, some would be a little bit different. You know, I mean, the, the, whole, the whole behavioral profiling and will they stop a, uh, you know, a Muslim before they'll stop uh, an Israeli and talk to them? Probably. Uh, hmm. You know, would we call that racial profiling or ethnic profiling? Probably. Uh, they, they don't care. I mean, and, and but they treat everybody they stop with dignity and, and respect, and, and, and they're very decent about it. But uh, it, it would be an interesting study to see what we could actually apply here uh, versus, uh, you know, what they do there. Right. And from what I understand, uh, Israel overall has had fewer attacks, fewer incidents in, say, the last decade. Is that accurate to say? Yeah, the... Uh, the suicide bombings are, are pretty much a thing of the past. Um, uh, as far as blowing themselves up, strapped with a bomb, now we're seeing more of the uh, the car rammings where they're ramming uh, bus stops, uh, just driving cars into big groups of people and stabbings. But that has uh, that has even waned a lot uh, in the past couple of years. Another interesting study would be, you know, why is there virtually no violent crime in Israel? It's it's an extremely safe extremely safe place um and the uh we we've yeah we've had more terrorist attacks in the united states in the past 10 years than uh, than than israel has absolutely right. um because what they do they do they do very very well um and uh the uh the fact that uh they're, they're it, it was funny i was talking to a parent um and she was concerned because all she was learning about Israel was what she was seeing in the media and she was afraid that her her daughter was going to fall victim of a terrorist if she went and she was wanting me to promise her promise me you'll keep my daughter safe promise me that she's not going to be the victim of a terrorist and I said ma'am what I can promise you is this your daughter has a better chance of being killed by an active shooter in the United States than she does of being killed by a terrorist in Israel Hmm. and I, I, I have no problem making that guarantee 
and, and, and you know, it's true. Yeah. Good news is the daughter went. She had a great time. Wow. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, and then as, as far as, like, takeaways, I know you've touched on just how impacted the students were on a lot of what they saw. What were some of the conversations that you all had while in Israel, you know, while on the flight back to the U.S., and what uh, what did the students really, maybe some of the key things that they really took away from this experience? Uh, the fact that, um, you know, the Israelis uh, value the sanctity of life uh, in just enormous ways, um, even the life of their enemies. It was very, very impactful what the students saw at the Ziv Hospital, where... where Israelis are having to put off having their appendectomies, having to have their hip replacements in northern Israel because their hospital up there is busy treating their enemies. You know, um, uh, the other thing that uh, a, a major takeaway was the fact that we need to focus more on the bomber and not the bomb, that whole concept of, of behavioral profiling. Right. Uh, and the other thing is, it was a, a, a huge takeaway and, and, and kind of a, a paradox to a lot of the students when they were talking to the law enforcement people as to how low the crime rate is in Israel and uh, why that is. Uh, there's, uh, uh, there hasn't been a sexual assault in Israel in according to two or three officers they couldn't remember the last sexual assault it just doesn't happen people are walking the streets at three o'clock in the morning going into cafes and and uh the the, the crime rate is to say that it's low is is even a, a, an understatement it, it's almost non-detectable uh so this the the, the nationalism i think uh, the national pride the students really got a, a huge takeaway i heard a lot, a lot of students talking about you know, everywhere you drove, when you're driving by apartment complexes, condos, houses, there's an Israeli flag hanging in the window or hanging over the balcony. Um, Israelis are very proud of, of of their country and their identity, and I think that might, if I, if the study was ever done, I think that would show as as being probably one of the reasons why there's very little crime. I think if you have a lot of a lot of pride in your your community, a lot of uh, pride in your country. Uh, you wouldn't want to dirty that up by uh, by by committing crime. Yeah, very interesting. And you know, uh, would you say you know Israel is probably the only nation in the world that is you know so set up in such a way uh, as it is as far as counteracting crime and, and terror? I, I I would think so based on based on my experience and uh, and my studies uh, because it has been. Greg, it's it's been weaved into their fiber for five thousand years. This isn't right. something new. I mean, you know, you go back to uh, Abraham and Isaac and Ishmael. There has been conflicts between Jews and Arabs in that region, and uh, Israel has always been fighting it and having to come up with new strategies of of prevention and and and. Counteraction and, and counterintelligence, and uh, <clears throat> so I think when you've when you've experienced it historically for that long, you're going to get good at it, you know. And uh, a lot of folks, I know, and, and 
And what's unique is that they're such a humble people. They, they don't look at themselves as being these, this wonderful counterterrorism fighting machine. Uh, they, they look at us that way, and they don't understand why we go to them to learn. They think that they should come to us to learn. They're, they're, very, they're, they're very humble people, um, which was exemplified by a couple of the, the soldiers. I had some students that uh, – uh, a couple of female students thought that a uh, young male soldier was kind of handsome, you know, uh, yep. and at the, at the Western Wall. And they said, Dr. Sullivan, I'd love to, I'd love to have a picture with him. And I said, well, go ask him. I can't. I, I, I just can't. And so I had like three of them. They couldn't do it. So I hauled them all over, and I said, would you mind having, making a picture with my goofy students here? And he got this huge smile on his face, and every female in the class he stood and took a picture with. Um, wow. And he said the same thing I've heard a million times from those soldiers. I don't understand why you want a picture with me. You're American, and I'm just an Israeli soldier. Hmm. You know, they just don't realize that they are the ultimate fighting machine that they truly are right that's such a unique just dynamic to to the culture to how they view themselves to you know their interpretations and perceptions of others and and how others view them as well and that's why i tell the students i said you you are going to just keep your eyes open ask a lot of questions and take it all in because you're going to experience so many different things during this nine days uh cultures personalities uh geopolitics everything take it take it all in and and that's i think uh probably one of my most uh memorable teaching moments in all of these classes is you know when people come back with a different mindset thinking more globally thinking more critically about everything and not just believing what the media is is you know shoving in their ears um and and thinking critically and 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 looking at all of the elements you know, and not just you know what is, uh, you know what's being forced in social media and 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 the national media. Right. Yeah, and my philosophy has always been travel is is the best education you can possibly have. Just being exposed to different people, different cultures, environments, and it sounds like this is a perfect example of that. It is. It, it truly is. Well, yeah. And is it just criminal justice students <clears throat> that you'll take or? <clears throat> No, uh, actually, we can uh, we can take uh, it. It has utility for uh, a number of disciplines. As I said, we've we've had religion students go. Um, we've had uh, psychology students go, sociology students go. Um, we've had international business students go. Uh, hmm. Just you know, just the economy over there is is an interesting study, and the shekel right. versus the dollar, and the the. Un, unbelievably high taxes in Israel. So there's 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 so many things that different uh, the, the different disciplines can get out of this trip, and they can they typically take it for an elective uh, if they're not in criminal justice. If you're in criminal justice, it can it can fit into one of our core classes, but if you're taking it as a business student or a psychology student, uh, we can typically find an elective that it'll plug into where you're still going to get your get your college credit for it. Right. That's fantastic. Well, Dr. Sullivan, I want to thank you so much for joining us on the St. Leo 360 podcast. Uh, I really learned a lot. I hope our listeners enjoyed this and found this informative. Well, shalom. I'm, I'm glad you had me. I'm, I'm, I'm more than happy to help anybody uh, 
uh, grow their uh, their knowledge of uh, of our our strongest ally in the Middle East and only democracy in the Middle East. Absolutely. All righty. Thank you so much. Thank you. To hear more episodes of the St. Leo 360 podcast, visit stleo.edu forward slash podcast. To learn more about St. Leo's programs and services, call 877-622-2009 or visit stleo.edu.